ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome back to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. I'm Mama J. Um, and we have officially passed Christmas. So happy pretty much almost end of 2023, y'all. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, yeah. This year went faster than any year before, I swear. I, yeah. I know that as you get older, the years fly by faster and faster, but this year just feels like it was like a blink. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about like like at the beginning of this year, mom, like we were like watching Super Bowl and I didn't have a job and it just like moved back and like <laughs> this how things have evolved from that time to now is wild. <laughs> it's been a great year. We walked the Camino together. I went to the World Cup. You started a new career and moved to Oakland like it's been a big year. It has been for sure. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people probably are like feeling the same way. Like it's just this year has been, it went really fast, but it also like, I feel like a lot's happened for a lot of people, at least in my life. So it's very cool and exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you drinking anything special tonight, mom? Uh, I'm just having a glass of wine um, because I didn't have time to get to the store for some crafty beer. So I'm having a glass of uh, Mark West Pinot Noir. Nice, 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 nice. What about you? I am having a Sierra Nevada hazy little, what are they called? The hazy little things? <laughs> One of those. I don't even know. <laughs> they're, they're like hazy little things. I only do stouts and porters. This is true. This is true. Um sorry to everybody if I, I I'm pretty sure it's Sierra Nevada I hope I have that right in my head yeah anyway but they're the little ones with the lemons on them they're very cute <laughs> yeah any uh what the L moments this week mom yeah you know I think mine is just probably how fast this year's gone and I can't believe we're about to like rain in the new year and um you know, yeah, I just, it feels like a blink and, um, a lot has happened this year, but a lot of milestones and I always like to do a year in review at the end of the year and kind of like, where did I grow and what things am I still working on and all of that. So it's been really fun to think through some of that stuff and like, what my, what am I still working on in 2024? And yeah, so I'm excited to start a new year. There's lots of exciting things happening for us in 2024. Um, so yeah, but I really do think that how fast this year has gone is my what the ill moment. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah, that's super fair. This <laughs> this year has been a lot, a lot of emotions and a lot of change and a lot of things. I'm kind of excited for next year to hopefully be just slightly more settled. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let me think. Um, I guess kind of a what the L moment for me is like, I am like the pet sitter extraordinaire for the next like week and a half. Um, and I have yeah. been for about a week now, but I'm watching like two, four, six, seven, like seven or eight animals, like 
until like the end of the first week of January, um, between now and then. So I've just been running around the bay, feeding cats mostly, and one dog that I'm like sleeping at their house. So <laughs> yeah. really... well, and in mid-January, you're gonna have my little angel face at your house. So while I'm away. I know I need to I need to start thinking of how I'm going to dog proof this apartment to make sure she's like not getting into things and stuff, but she'll be good. Yeah. She's a good girl. She's- Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely on pet duty, but it's nice. It's nice to like have something to do since I'm not really traveling for the holidays and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Very cool. Making a little extra money too. (laughs) Yes. That is nice. (laughs) Um, well, it is my story this week. So I, kind of also went with something a bit more on the like not like wholesome or like whatever side but just like something not very sad something kind of interesting um so I decided to cover Harry Houdini and his quest to take down all of the mediums of the world (laughs) um which I think oh that sounds like fun yeah, so I don't know if all of y'all have listened to our like little teaser trailer, but uh, I covered the Fox sisters in that, and Harry Houdini was definitely one of the people who was vastly, vastly, vastly against spiritualism. Um, but I'm going to cover, you know, some of his history, like how he got to the place he got to, and then cover his quest to like take down spiritualism. So I thought that well, be- when it comes. Fox sisters I think he's right (laughs) so you know I agree I think he was absolutely right with the fox sisters um popping toes (laughs) they were popping their toes they were you know doing all the things um but yeah I think yeah he just he just really went on a on an interesting journey there um and it's kind of funny because he is a magician so you think he'd be like well it's fine you're duping people but he like really did not enjoy that so um yeah so let's get into the history about Mr. Houdini here so he was actually born Eric Weiss um in March of 1874 uh he was born in Hungary and his family emigrated to the U.S. and they settled in Appleton Wisconsin of all the places oh um his dad yeah I who knew who knew Wisconsin. I because I feel like I always think of Houdini as New York. Um, but we'll get into why. Um but yeah, Don't so you have to say Wisconsin. You have to say it like Wisconsin. Can- <laughs> you have to- Wisconsin. Um, yes, yes, you do. Um so um and he was the son of a rabbi, um, so very like Jewish traditional Hungarian family. Um, but he like from a really early age started performing as a trapeze performer um, in different circuses. And he decided to settle in New York city in 1882. um, And he performed in different vaudeville shows, but he didn't have a ton of success. Um, And so it was around this time he started kind of learning about escape artistness and those type of things and so he um decided that he needed to change his name 
So uh, instead of Eric Weiss, he became Harry Houdini after a French magician named Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. Um, and he decided... Houdini is a much funner name than Weiss. Weiss, yeah. So he went from Eric Weiss to Harry Houdini. Um, and when he was 20 in 1894, he married Wilhelmina Rahner, uh, who decided to become Beatrice or Bess Houdini. And she was his stage assistant. So I think oh, that nice. was very cute that he married his assistant. When she changed her name to a little stage name. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very cute. Um, so he, um, so like I said, he got married in 1894. He was on the vaudeville circuit. He was, you know, doing things like that. And he ended up um, starting to get international recognition for his, like, daring escape acts. Um, and so... Some examples of some of the feats he did was he would basically lock himself in random things like milk cans, coffins, prison cells. Um, There was a really common act that he did where he was shackled with chains and placed in a box that was locked, roped, and weighted. The box would be submerged underwater, uh, like basically thrown off of a boat, and he would return after freeing himself underwater um and this was like one of his first like sort of tricks that he was really good at um and like got famous for Mm -hmm. um another one he did was he would suspend himself upside down about like 75 feet or 23 meters from the ground and he would free himself from a straight jacket which i just why like why would you want to do that like that sounds so like not fun but like he was really good at it um and his demonstrations would draw crowds of like thousands of people so even before he was like selling out theaters he would just like do these feats in random places and people would just like stand and like gawk at everything he was doing um and something to note here is that for later is that harry like a lot of the like a lot of his um i was gonna say a lot of his act you know it's probably things that other people wouldn't attempt because they're so dangerous yeah and i think that's why he got so famous because he was basically escaping death every single time he did one of his tricks um or his act um and he had i mean really amazing like physical strength he was very agile and flexible he had a lot of skill at manipulating locks um and he actually acted in many like films from 1916 to 1923 like he just was like that sought after um which I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Houdini in it have you I don't think so and like we do watch a lot of old movies so you would think we have but I don't think I have yeah so I haven't either I I was thinking about that I was like I want to like google his movies and see if I can find one on prime or something tonight um just because it's interesting to me um But so I mentioned it was kind of like 1916 is when he started acting in the movies, but he actually got really interested in something else around 1920. So in 1920, he became friends with a very famous author named Arthur Conan Doyle. And what was he the creator? (laughs) What was he the creator of? 
What was he the creator of? I don't know. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Sherlock Holmes. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally missed what you were saying. I was like, the creator. Okay. Yes. Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes, he did. I didn't want to say the author, then give it away too quickly. Um, so <laughs> they became friends, and Arthur Conan Doyle was fascinated with spiritualism. He loved to like go to seances he would like you know get really into uh just like trying to find mediums that were legitimate and everything and supposedly his wife claimed to be a clairvoyant and so Houdini kind of reluctantly agreed to let Jean Arthur uh Doyle's wife um kind of do a seance and uh he you know, it's really hard. So Houdini's mom passed away in 1913 and he was like wanting to try to find a genuine medium to connect with her. And Jean claimed oh. to be able to do so. And so they held a seance and she wrote five pages in automatic writing, but Houdini knew immediately that it was fraudulent. So apparently at the How top, yeah. So at the top of every page, uh, she would write like crosses and his mom was Jewish. So why was she writing crosses um, oh, you know, yeah. on the letters? And then the second thing was, was that his mother pretty much didn't really speak any English um, because she was a Hungarian immigrant. And so mm -hmm. despite having barely any sort of English fluency, she wrote perfect English in her notes and no Hungarian huh. at all. Yeah, and, you would think that would be the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, like I said, this kind of, I mean, Houdini was just like, you're a fraud and you're horrible and you're doing this to hurt people and you like just want money from people. And so him and Arthur Conan Doyle, like really started a very public feud. Like they would go on lecture tours and like talk bad about each other. They would write awful like op-eds about each other in the press. They would, you know, do all sorts of things um, because they just like, at this point, their friendship was fractured. Like they could not get over, well, Houdini could not get over this, which is super valid. I think that would be really hurtful to have one of your best friends, like, pretend that they could communicate with your like deceased relative and like that would feel really disrespectful I think so I understand yeah why. I think so too yeah yeah I understand why he wasn't too thrilled with it um and Houdini very famously in the press called Arthur Conan Doyle one of the greatest dupes um in the world for his beliefs like he was like you're one of the greatest dupes in the world which I think is funny <laughs> I just love huh. I love old timey language. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that was a huge back in the day. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so you know, like I said, his mom passed in 1913, and so after that point, and for a little bit, you know, he really did over his career just investigate lots of spiritualists. So it started out with him kind of going undercover to seances and then he would like 
you know, he'd be wearing like a hat and a wig and a mustache and all this stuff. And then he'd like reveal himself and be like, this is fake because of this. So he like would just like infiltrate these seances. <laughs> um, and he actually had another kind of assistant who helped with this. And um, oh gosh, what was her name? I Well, that seems a little bit grandstandy though. Like he, you know, I mean, I, and I guess that's the point though. He could use his fame to debunk people, mm-hmm. but yeah, it does seem like he was trying to like benefit from like, here I am, Harry Houdini, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see it a little bit. I think he definitely like just became obsessed with like the search for truth. And like, I think he was like, if I can find proof of, you know, spiritualism being a legitimate thing, cool. But like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, And so he, yeah, so he was like infiltrating all these things. He actually worked with an assistant named Rose Mackenberg. um, And he actually had Rose go undercover with a major spiritualist leader named Jane B. Coates. And so he like, she kind of became part of her inner circle, went to her seances a lot, like got to know the tricks of the trade and then like reported back to Houdini. Um. And so the tricks of the trade that she was able to say that it was a hoax and okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, and we haven't covered a lot of spiritualist things, but they would like put really gross things inside of their bodies or under their dresses, like, like guzzards from birds and things and pretend it's ectoplasm. And they would like just do all sorts of really gross things to like, prove that spiritualism was legitimate and so houdini was like y'all this is wild people don't just like spurt out random animal parts (laughs) so it was gross it was not a good time um so then he actually so around the same time scientific american which is a magazine offered a 2500 dollars reward to any medium who could produce physical manifestation of spirit communication under certain conditions. So they would like have mediums come to their offices and they'd be like, okay, communicate with the spirit. And like, they would have it like in a sterile environment. Like they wouldn't have any time to plant anything in the room, anything like that. And the idea was that if they are able to produce something tangible, you know, with, without, you know, being able to set up their own space, they're more legit. Um, Yeah. And so, um, and this team, like, it wasn't just, like, random, like, journalists. Like, it was physicians and psychologists, physicists, mathematicians, lawyers, like, doctors. Like, all of these really well-renowned people were, like, coming from places like Harvard and other places to research this. And they actually invited Houdini to kind of join in their search. Um, And so up until Houdini kind of joined, there was like only one person that they couldn't really dismiss. And that was a medium named Marjorie Crandon. And she's from Boston. Um, Okay. And Marjorie, you know, was the only one that they hadn't dismissed yet. They were actually planning to give her the reward um, based on what had happened. And Houdini, like, like, at the time, like, still did not believe 
what she was doing. Um, but some claimed that if she was a fake, she was a magician worth and a worthy adversary of Houdini's. Like they were like, so what did she do that was so convincing to most people? Yeah. So the, the trance that I, or like the seance I heard of, um, in my research was one where her hands were being controlled by like the people at scientific American and she was able to somehow during the seance um the participants like their hair was being pulled people were whispering in their ears um somehow roses floated under their noses and objects and furniture moved around the room and again this is okay 20s so well and a controlled environment so yeah that all seems pretty convincing right but houdini didn't believe it um and something to note here is that the head of Scientific American did not let Houdini attend the seance because he knew Houdini would call her a fraud and not let like things happen naturally. And they wanted to see things happen naturally. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny? Houdini wasn't done with this lady yet. So he wrote a 40-page oh. pamphlet called... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Houdini exposes the tricks used by Boston media Marjorie. Wow, it sounds like he and Hamilton need to hang out because they spend way too much time writing. (laughs) I know, 40 pages to be like, she's a fraud. (laughs) And this is while he's touring the country and proving that mediums are fake by replicating their things. And I'll post this on the Instagram because I think it's a really cool photo. But um, spirit photography was really common at this time. And Houdini replicated a, because a lot of people were like seeing the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, because this is like around the time, like soon after his death. And he like replicates. He's like, this is how easy it is to like take a photo with Abraham Lincoln. And he did it. Um, So there's a photo that I will post on the Instagram because I thought it was cool. Um, But after this pamphlet was released, um, he the magazine did end up denying her the prize money and then and i didn't read it um but i'm sure he said all sorts of wild things um but then in 1925 he still wasn't done so he wrote or he didn't write he decided to do a whole expose at symphony hall in boston which i've been in symphony hall it is a massive building (laughs) like it holds hundreds of people um and he basically was like this is all of the reasons why she's a fake um and funnily enough marjorie and her husband retaliated with their own presentation somewhere else in boston so (laughs) again houdini's just like poking the bear over here which i just think is really funny um and after they kind of did their own presentation like I said they were denied the prize money but they also declined to do any further tests with Scientific American so there is no concrete proof as to whether or not she was legitimate because she declined to do any sort of further um you know seances or proof with that group so well it's hard because you feel like they've already decided you know it's like well I don't want to you know I don't know. It just seems like it'd be harder to prove if people have already decided you're a fraud. Right. And I think that was the issue because I think with Scientific American, they were trying to come from a neutral place and Houdini was already coming from a neutral place. He was not neutral at all. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, and I think that's probably what killed it. Like they, it would have been really interesting had they been able to do more work, I think, and research. Cause I just think it's really interesting. Um, yeah. But so <laughs> Houdini wasn't done with his war against spiritualism. Like I said, this man is uh, very dedicated to his art, I guess. So, and now, <laughs> yeah. So in 1926, uh, he went before the House of Representatives because the House okay. of Representatives was considering passing a bill to outlaw fortune telling. Oh. And so he did a whole masterclass in the house. Like he was like, this is how you fake ectoplasm and this is how you do spirit photography and this is how you do this. And this is how, like, he was just trying to debunk everything under the sun for seances okay. and mediums. And apparently there were over 300 mediums, fortune tellers, astrologers, etc., there to defend spiritualism. And they even said, they were like, this is the most crowded that the House of Representatives has probably ever been for a single bill. Wow. Um, and, uh, it was really quite interesting. So I don't, there, I didn't read anything specifically that like really pointed on this, but I guess because Houdini was Jewish, a lot of the opponents of Houdini and his agenda used anti-Semitism to discredit him while he was um, speaking before the house, which like. And that doesn't shock me because bigoted assholes will always be bigoted assholes exactly but like that sucks like again it's like it feels like Maury Terry for me where people just like didn't believe him because he went on Geraldo you know yeah. um but ultimately um the hearings kind of the bill or what am I saying the the house voted and agreed that the first amendment did protect spiritualism and there was one house mm -hmm. member that was like Houdini is just taking this far too seriously um yeah and the bill ended up dying in committee and um, most like representatives uh, did say like they just didn't see the point of legislating against mediums. Like they were like, if people want to pay for, you know, to be duped, they want to pay to do this thing. That's fine. And I think about it, like we pay to go to haunted houses. We pay... I've yeah. totally gone to a media, a psychic, well, you know, like that type of thing. I think it's, a thing. There, you know, like, yeah. And if there is some people that are like grieving or things like that, and this helps them come to peace or come to terms with their loss or things like that, you know, maybe, you know, it is a service that benefits them, even if it is not completely accurate, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, to me, I think Houdini, like, the way Doyle treated him is really horribly like I cannot imagine one of my closest friends doing that to me like the yeah. the, betrayal, the heartbreak you know the false hope yeah. he probably had of like being able to potentially communicate with his mom I can totally understand where like he was coming from with why he reacted the way he did but yeah, yeah to me I'm like I've like even I was in San Francisco a few weeks ago and we like saw a sign for a fortune teller and we were like it's only like 10 bucks for a palm reading. Want to go? Like, you know, we didn't end up getting a palm read. Um, maybe I'll do that next time. But, you know, it just, it's not a, it's not like you believe it, but it's fun. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, but obviously in all of this campaigning, Houdini made a ton of enemies, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which kind of gets me to the little sad part of the story, which we're going to talk about his death. So. Okay. Houdini died about six months after the hearings. Um, And what do you know about Harry Houdini's death, mom? Do you know anything? Uh, probably, probably not much. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. That's okay. Um, so I know growing up, I always heard that Houdini got punched in the gut and he died. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that actually is kind of true. Um, but okay. I went into some of the like circumstances around his death and then we could talk about it. Um, but a lot of people thought it could be related to the his war against spiritualism because he was receiving death threats from different mediums that were targeted in the investigation. Like I said, he very publicly went on a like rampage against them in the house of representatives. He took down Mary Crandon. Um, and actually um, pretty soon after the bill and the house of representatives died, uh, Crandon was embodied by a spirit named Walter at a seance who said that Houdini's death would come soon. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So whether or not she was just trash talking as a ghost or <laughs> she had a legitimate prediction, she was right. Um, and something interesting about Houdini that I guess I always just kind of assumed he was maybe an atheist, but he did say he believed in God and an afterlife, but he just was searching for proof of this. So he was like, I've never oh, wow. seen concrete proof that this exists but i believe in god in an afterlife which makes sense i mean he is jewish we know that but i guess i always just assumed he was an atheist (laughs) um i was gonna say you would think if he believed it was searching for proof like you would think he would be more gentle about it um whereas it's yeah the way he approached it well and again he was upset about how his friends duped him but yeah, it really did seem like somebody who was a non-believer and needed to prove that, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have suspected he was a believer. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to go into October of 1926 and just kind of talk about what was happening with Houdini while he was leading up to his death. Um, okay. So on October 11th, he was doing a performance in Albany and he was doing one of his tricks where he was like locked in a safe and got out of the safe and he was able to escape, but some of the equipment fell on his leg and he um, basically fractured his ankle. Now, this man okay. is stubborn as hell. So against medical attention or advice being told, hey, man, you got to stop touring. You got to stop performing. He was like, no, no, no. I got this. So 11 days later on October 22nd, he was touring in Montreal and some McGill students came into his dressing room just to meet him and like ask him questions and stuff. And he was like standing up and talking to them. And then he was like, you know what, like. I just broke my foot. I'm going to sit down. So he was sitting on a couch and like completely reclined on the couch, like just chilling. And a student named Jay Gordon Whitehead asked Houdini if it was true that he could take hard punches to the abdomen. And Houdini was like, yeah, 
that's true. I can. And Whitehead so went. He punched him. Yeah, he like punched him without letting him prep though, right? So he immediately punched him four or five times with all of his strength oh while Houdini was reclined on a couch. So he oh. was sitting, like resting on a couch and was punched four or five times. Wow. And to me, I am not saying it was like a deliberate, this man was trying to kill Houdini, but why would you punch him four or five times? That seems very deliberate to me. Well, and to me, if you want to test it, be like, hey, let's test that. You don't just assault somebody. Like to hit them without permission is an assault. You know, that's battery. You don't do that. Exactly. And so, like you mentioned, he had no time to prepare, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was in a lot of pain like a lot of pain. He was like, I'm having some stomach tramp cramps, but I'm going to like power through and do this show. So then yeah. the next day he was on a train to Detroit. And while he was on the train, he developed a 104 fever. He was having severe abdominal pain. He was experiencing fatigue and cold sweats. And his doctor was like, Hey man, this sounds like appendicitis. Mm. Maybe you should not perform tonight. And Houdini was like, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm going to do my show tonight because it's opening night in Detroit. And so he does his whole show. He's in a ton of pain. And as the curtain closes, he collapses. Yeah. And, um, at that time, so that night, they were able to remove his appendix. But apparently at this point, the appendix had already ruptured a few days earlier and I'm not really uh, sure, but I guess like whatever the chemicals or fluids are in your appendix, when it ruptures, it could actually poison your body. And so oh, wow. by the time they had removed the appendix, the damage was done. Like they were like, dude, you're going to die. Um, and like, sadly, and like in a kind of interesting way, Houdini did end up surviving until Halloween. Um, and he passed away on Halloween of 1926. <laughs> Um, okay. and so he was 52 years old. Um, and like I said, he had done many films, he had done national and world tours, he had done all of this stuff. So for like the poor son of immigrants, he did pretty well for himself. So just want to like give him that recognition. Um, yeah, but that kind of brings me to like the conspiracy. Like, do you think Whitehead was part of some sort of plot to assassinate him? And obviously there's not enough evidence, but people thought that from the beginning, like they were like, this guy is suspicious. <laughs> um, I mean, I definitely think it's suspicious. I don't, you know, my thought goes to the, you know, cause I wouldn't assume that I could kill somebody by punching him in the stomach. So yeah. my thought is maybe, you know, he was like, I don't like what he's doing and I'm going to like punish him for it. Um, right. But I don't know that I believe that he thought that was going to kill him. Yeah. But I can see him, I mean, you know, because what kind of person just punches somebody without, you know, again, if you were wanting to test how strong he was, you would say, stand up, man, let's test this out. You wouldn't yeah. just like beat him up while he's reclining on a couch. Yeah. So to me, you know, he could have been like wanting to punish him, but I don't think he thought he was going to murder him. Yeah. Like, I feel like it kind of felt like he was sending a message. Like maybe he was someone's muscle. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like four or five punches is so deliberate. Like if I was like, is it true you could take a really hard punch and I'd punch once? 
Like yeah. I would have punched five times, you know? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, so that makes it sound punishing. But I just, most people wouldn't assume you would die from that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't think like it was necessarily an assassination attempt, but I feel like, you know, there was some organized crime or something where they sent someone who could do some damage, you know? Um, but I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that Houdini had a final request? Mm, remind me. I can't remember. Yeah. So he wanted to do the ultimate test to prove if spiritualism was legitimate. So okay. he gave his wife a specific code or phrase or something that if they were to have a seance and that message came through, that meant that he was communicating with her. So no one else knows okay. what this is. Yeah. Um, and Bess did for 10 years. She held a seance and she never received the message after he died. Okay. And it's kind of an interesting thing. I feel like at one point someone on a podcast or on a show or something did say what the message was. So maybe it's like public knowledge now, but people to this day will have Halloween seances to try to communicate with Harry Houdini. Like it is a very common really? thing to do. Um, huh. yeah. So I think that's very interesting, but no one has gotten a response from the famous musician or musician, magician. There we go. Magician. <laughs> they roll off the top. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like I do remember hearing that, um, that there was a message, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting though. Like you would think people would want to communicate with their own loved ones, but you know, wanting to communicate with him, you know, just to, I don't know, I guess because he was such a, avid like opposer of it you know wanting to be like haha there you are and now you know yeah and you know to me like I'm like what if Houdini like can and he's just sitting there at the seances like I'm not gonna say shit I'm just gonna sit here yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make myself look like a fool because I was wrong <laughs> exactly exactly so I think there's a lot of who knows with this one but I kind of thought it was an interesting story and I I honestly I don't think I remembered that he like went to the house of representatives and like did a whole thing yeah and like as soon as you mentioned the like challenge or whatever then I remembered you know that that it was a punch and or I thought but I didn't realize it was four or five I thought it was one punch um you know and I remembered that once you started saying it but yeah I don't know that definitely sounds like I don't know the person was trying to hurt him and again I don't think he thought he was going to kill him but definitely sounds like he was going to hurt him yeah, and that's the interesting thing. So they obviously never had enough evidence to arrest him or charge him with the death. And as far as I know, like he didn't really speak out on it at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, the four or five punches was from like a witness that was in the room when it happened. So because I, I think I always thought like I just thought he got like punched really hard and I knew he had appendicitis. So I was like, well, you get a punch and your appendix is bursting. That makes sense. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's definitely an interesting case for sure. Well, and, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, there, even though there were a lot of people that probably did not like him for what he was doing, there were many, many fans as well. So, yeah. you know, I would think that if that guy, you know, I, if I was that guy, I wouldn't want to like be out there and people know who I am because the people that loved Houdini would hate me, you know? 
Yeah, that's real too. So not just a, not wanting to take responsibility, but yeah, not wanting people to think I'm a bad guy. So I don't blame him for not coming out and being in the public very often. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's all I had for you. I just wanted to cover something. Okay, that's great. Yeah, something. I mean, it is still very sad. We are sad that Houdini died young, but I do think it's a, it's an interesting one for sure. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I feel like probably a lot of people would assume that he died during one of his escapes. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. No, he was successful yeah. in every single one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think well, that and that, you know, I guess that's, that's the other thing that's kind of funny, though, is like he wants to prove, you know, how people do things and all that. But he kept it on lockdown, how he did his stuff. And it was like, well, that's an illusion, too. And, you know, I don't know. So it's interesting that he went on this war. And I understand why after what happened with his, um, you know, the seance with his mother. But it's interesting because he is somebody who also kind of dupes people into thinking, you know, because maybe he wasn't always in such a dangerous space as we all thought he was or, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's interesting that he does that kind of work where he, yeah, it's an illusion or it's a, you know, or maybe he's just a very talented escapologist and there is no, you know, um, kind of you know outs or secret keys or anything but yeah I know it's interesting yeah I mean I'm assuming he probably had a key under his tongue all the time or something you know but yeah I I really don't yeah. know but I agree like it just it is interesting to think about how he was able to do all of that it was funny I was like while I was researching this I decided to turn on the prestige um because I felt like an appropriate uh background oh, that's a good movie background uh watching um yeah oh, that's a great movie I love that one. Oh, it's so good well it was funny because I was on a plane but you know how sometimes planes have like tv channels so I was on yeah. a plane a few months ago and they had it and it was on but it was like at the end so I didn't get to watch the whole thing so I was like oh I'm gonna turn on the prestige yeah. Really nice. um yeah but yeah that's that's all I got. Um, but I just, I thought it was a kind of cool topic and like, yeah. like whimsical and not fun, but like interesting for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you telling it. it was a fun story. Yeah. I appreciate you listening. Um, some housekeeping things, friends. Uh, we will get back to, well, we are now back to our regular scheduled Wednesday episode. Sorry. We, had a couple day delay on the last one. Um, so keep listening on Wednesdays. We're going to try to get our Patreon bonus episodes up. Um, I think it's Mama's this month and mine in January. So we're going to get those going. Um, our keg is already out. If you haven't listened to our Son of Sam keg, it's very interesting. Very fun times. Um, yeah. And then feel free to DM or email us any sort of spooky stories, any wild encounters, anything like that. We just love connecting with you all um and outside of that I just want to say we appreciate you friends we do appreciate you and happy holidays everyone happy holidays bye friends <laughs>